Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. It isn't about being perfect. It's about being better. Hello, my name is Dr. Stephanie Stima, and I host expert discussions with thought leaders in all facets of health, including nutrition, fitness, hormones, stress management, performance, recovery, longevity, health span, and energy production. On this show, we discuss complex science, but then we also alchemize it into actionable, everyday living. The ultimate goal with the show is to assist you in making informed decisions about your health and to catapult you into being the hero in your own life. Hello, hello, my friends. I wanted to record a special episode for you this holiday week. There's something really interesting about this week. I don't know if it's just me, but I find there to be some time warp or vortex where I have literally no idea what day of the week it is, much less the date itself. Um, I'm almost always exclusively in pajamas this entire week um, as well. And I find this week to be a good time to travel inward. So a lot of people travel around this time of year. I think that the travel inward is the most important journey of all. And in this expanse of time, to start thinking about what it is that you really want for the coming year in terms of your goals, and more broadly, really what you want out of this life. I like to think about our time as being borrowed time, our gifts being borrowed gifts, and what can we do with the time and gifts that we have on loan, so to speak. And there are a few ways I like to approach this. And the way that I typically frame this up is I ask myself several questions, both in the negative and in the positive, uh, to journal. And I'd like to share some of these with you today with the hopes that this is going to help you architect intentionally some of the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. So a couple of questions that I usually start with. The first one, maybe the most powerful, and you'll probably spend the most time here, is what am I tolerating? What am I tolerating? And hat tip here to Dr. Sarah Saul Godfried for reminding me of this powerful question the last time that we were speaking. I think that there's something that happens for a woman in her 40s and her 50s where our bodies are changing, our children are getting older, and Maybe we spent the last decade or two or three uh, in service to other people. And we just get to this point where we're like, hey, it's it would be nice for me to spend some time looking after myself. And for me personally, I feel this question has been getting louder and louder for me as I navigate through um, my 40s. And really, again, just sharing transparently and openly and honestly, really wanting to understand where my hyper self-reliance 
comes from and why it makes me want to do everything myself and to be so reticent to ask for help. So for me, you know, there's a there's an old movie. I gosh, I forget the name of it, but it was with Hugh Grant, and he is taking care of this child who's sort of this odd child, and he is this like single guy. I'll find I'll find the the movie and I'll put it in the show notes. But there's this point where he's like, "I'm an island. I'm Ibiza," and like that's sort of how I've always looked at myself. I'm like, I am a I'm an I, I'm an, a self isolated Hamlet. I will just do everything myself. So I like to explore like why am I like that? Why do I think that nobody can do uh, the work around me that I'm asking to them to? Is it my default trauma response, which is you know I'm going to make everything work no matter what? Um, and so what am I tolerating? And also what can I take off my plate? Because you know even though I like to think I'm an island, I'm Ibiza, I'm also really not. <laughs> Right, like we all are. Nobody's self-made. We are all community-made. We all stand on the shoulders of each other. We stand in circle and support each other. And I have resisted that for a lot of my life. So this is also this particular question: What am I tolerating? Is directing a lot of my goal setting this year um, for the coming year in in 2024. So for me, it is going to be setting specific goals and themes around healing. So the goal of meditating for me, it's going to be psychedelic healing. And, you know, in terms of themes, you know, how is it that I can be more present? And I'll give you an example of this sort of um, reason why I'm I'm doubling down on this. This morning, my husband and I went to go get uh, a cappuccino and there was a bus on the street. And I don't know if... Uh, you know the the sound that a bus sort of makes sometimes when it's parked for a while it makes this big like whoosh sound and we were passing by the bus and it did that it sounded like it was like blowing a gasket and i nearly jumped out of my skin like it was if i was a cat in a cartoon i would be on the ceiling holding onto the ceiling shaking and so this is my this is my startle response right it, and my startle response has always been uh, exaggerated. This is why I typically find I can't go to movies because I don't like being startled in movies. And it's it's an indication that my nervous system is slightly unregulated, that I'm easily startled. Perhaps maybe I have a retained primitive reflex that has never gone away. So it's something that I want to direct my attention to because I feel that if my startle response and my general nervousness calms down, that is going to be something that is going to affect and it's going to bleed into absolutely every area of my life, both my, you know, my parenting with my children, my relationship with my partner, the way that I view um, my business and how I serve you. So what am I tolerating? I'd love for you to think about that question. It may, and maybe it's what am I tolerating from other people? What am I tolerating from myself? Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can answer that, but I wanted to give you that question to marinate on. Another question, I got this from Dr. Julia DeGangi when she was on the show, is am I more concerned with others liking me or that I like me? Now, that question is a big one. Many of us are typically more concerned with the opinions of others, particularly in our immediate uh, social network and circle than we are of the opinions that we have of ourselves. And this is actually a great time of year where 
this theme might be highlighted for you. There tends to be more family gatherings, there tends to be more social gatherings, and you might notice yourself modifying your words. Maybe you're modifying your actions or your behaviors to appease what you think other people want to hear. And again, uh, in the vein of you know transparency and honesty, this has actually come up for me recently. There is an old, there is an old story um, that I've internalized. It came up in an unrelated situation, and I found myself thinking, "Oh, there it is again. I'm like the one that's too much for everybody. You know, how can I show this person that I'm good, that I'm worthy, that I'm enough?" And when I caught myself in this sort of default thinking pattern, this pattern that I've held on to for a long time, which at some point in my life, you know, really served me. Um, I realized, you know, my adult brain, maybe you can say, realized that they people are going to think and say and do what they please, right? You have no control over what people think and say and do, even, you know, despite evidence to the contrary. So you could be a good person, a worthy person, an enough person, a kind person, a gentle person, a nourishing person. And if someone has already created a schema around who you are, it is going to be very difficult for you to change their mind. And really, at the end of the day, the only person that you need to satisfy these questions for is for yourself. So you need to be able to say for yourself, are you good? Yes, you are good. Are you worthy? Yes, you are worthy. Are you enough? Yes, you are enough. And Listen, I'm not saying it's easy, you know. I'm not saying that this is just as simple as yes, I'm enough and I'm going to, you know, proudly like loud and proud like it's not easy to do it, right? And I think as women, we are innately well suited for nurturing, right? And nourishment and making sure everybody is taken care of. And of course, this is reinforced in our upbringing. We play with dolls and we, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things. Of course, those are all beautiful things around being female. But we do need to figure out where our line in the sand is so that we can also fill our own cup, right? So are you working to please others or are you working to please yourself? And there can be a healthy balance of both. I love cooking for my family. I love cooking for my husband. And I also love cooking for myself, as an example. And, you know, around the holidays, Maybe, again, this might be more highlighted. This is why I'm bringing this up. There are going to be some people who are always going to view you in a certain light, right? In family, for example, they are always going to look at you as a potentially as a previous version of yourself. So if it's with your parents, they're always going to sort of look at you as a child. And maybe, and I shouldn't say always, but many times they will they will be unable to see how you have grown and changed because they themselves have stayed the same, right? And this could be parents, aunts, uncles, you know, childhood friends. Your growth and your progression in some ways can be a painful reminder that they are exactly the same. And it is a protective mechanism for them to treat you the way that you used to be and view you in a light that is consistent with their worldview rather than to adapt to the to the evolution and the growth that you have gone under, right? This is the same for old friends. You know, if you're going home for the holidays, for coworkers, it is going to be difficult for them to see your progress and your light, especially if they've created a filter, they've created a schema about who you are. So 
are you more concerned with others liking you or that you like you? This is a question that you can explore and see where it is that you land. Another theme that I like to identify and another rabbit hole, if you will, I like to go down are the obstacles that are holding me back right now to achieving my dreams. So the obstacle can be people, right? People pleasing that we were just talking about. It could be your environment. It could be some component of your personality. There are really no rules here. I like to explore, at least personally, my own degree of holding back. I often hold back. I often will sort of not share things, let's say, on social because I am you know, worried about the repercussions or something like that. So it's really valuable for me to know what I'm up against, right? That has potentially been a saboteur in the past. And so I pose this question both to myself and to you, right? Like what are the obstacles that are holding you back right now from achieving the dreams that you'd like to achieve in the next year? Okay, so those are some of the maybe not negative questions, but these are, you know, you have to be able to understand both your light and your darkness, right, to really fully appreciate who you are as a human. Some of the questions that I will ask myself and have been asking myself for architecting 2024, what are some of the character traits that I want to develop for myself? And this for me goes back to, you know, it's it's related to my startle response, right? So What's some of the healing that I have to do in order for me to develop uh, a sense of peace in my body, to have a regulated nervous system? What might that look like and feel like? Another question that you might find uh, useful to journal on or to, uh, to marinate in is if you already achieved your goal. So let's say your goal is losing weight. That's a really easy example that most people can relate to in some capacity, right? If you've already lost the weight, like January 1st happens and then poof, you you know, you have exactly the body composition, the strength goals, you know, the weight loss, all the things that you were trying to achieve, let's say in the fitness realm, how would you be acting? What would be different about how you would act every day if you had the body, let's say, if that's the goal, if you had the body that you were dreaming of? How would you act? And the other question is, how would you think about yourself? What would be different if you had the body of your dreams, let's say, what would be the different thinking process that you would have? And why this is important is if you can visualize how you might act differently and how you might think about yourself differently, you can start to hold the future into the present, meaning that you can start acting in a way that's already aligned with winning. So if you already had won, you would be acting in a certain way. So start acting like that today. If you had you know, architected the body of your dreams, how would you be thinking about yourself? What would your self-esteem look like? Start thinking like that today. So that's that's an interesting exercise to think about. Oh, how would I how would I actually be thinking and behaving um, and showing up in the world if I had already won, right? If I've already done, you know, the thing that I had set out to do. Um, my husband Giovanni has asked me this question that I really like, and I'll share it with you as well. Another question that we have discussed is if you had assurance or insurance, maybe assurance is a better word, if you had assurance that everything would work out exactly as you wanted, what would your day look like? What would the perfect day look like for you? So that's a really a fun 
Um, and, you know, I like to map that out like hour by hour. I'm like, well, I would wake up at this time and I would do this and then I would eat at this time and then I would do this work at this time and then I would go for a walk at this time. You know, I go, I go through the whole what a perfect day looks like if I had assurance that I could not fail. Everything works out exactly the way that you want it. A few other things that you might find difficult. I originally found these questions difficult, but I no longer do. What are some things and maybe we'll just say three, just for, you know, it can be as many as you want, but let's just start with three. What are three things about yourself that you prize that you think are absolutely terrific? Another way of asking this question might be, what are qualities about yourself that you are most proud of and most grateful for? So those qualities could be physical qualities, they could be personality qualities, they could be anything and everything. And I'll just say that if I asked you right now, hey, tell me three things that you like about me, about Stephanie, you might be able to rifle off three things re with relative ease. But it becomes harder when we turn that question internally. Like, what are some of the things we like about ourselves? And I think part of that, again, comes back to our conditioning insofar as we are really, and, and some of the marketing and the consumerism that we are exposed to insofar as we are basically taught to hate ourselves, right? We are constantly a moving target. We're too tall, we're too short. Our breasts are too big, our breasts are too small. Our butt is too big, our butt is too small. Our lips are too big, our lips are too small. Like everything is, you know, it's always a moving target. So if, you're, if your butt is too small and then you do squats for a year and then your butt grows, people are like, oh my God, look at her butt, Becky. It's just so big. It's just out there, right? Like you just, <laughs> and hopefully some of you get that reference to um, one of my favorite songs of all time. From the 80s, I want to see in the comments what that song is. Um, but anyway, it's always a moving target, right? It's, you know, we try to ascribe to whatever external archetype of, of the perfect woman is, whether it's physical or mental, and then it always changes, right? So thinking about what are some of the qualities about yourself that you are most proud of and most grateful for, despite all of the changing beauty standards, despite all of the messaging that women should just suck it up, buttercup, smile. And when someone asks you how your day is, you should say, I'm great. How are you? Even though, you know, things are kind of unfurling, as I like to say, as a ball of yarn behind you. So what are some of the qualities that you like about yourself and you're most grateful for? And I'll say that these are not just like rando questions that I've pulled out of the air. These are exercises that my husband and I actually work on every year. We call it our vivid vision, borrowed from our friend Cameron Harold, who does this every year. And we've just adopted this practice as well. And it's how we architect our goals and our dreams that we have for ourselves as individuals and also as a couple for the coming year and as a family. So here's the process. We usually will set aside time. If we can travel, we will travel. If we can't travel, then we'll just sort of set aside some time on the weekend. And we basically have an annual planning meeting for our lives. So if you are part of a business that does annual planning, we do this for our personal lives. And there's several verticals that we examine and plan for. So we look at health and fitness. So with fitness, it is like specific goals, let's say at the gym, uh, it could be strength goals, it could be I want to be able to do a pistol squat, I want to be able to do a certain amount of pull ups, I want to engage in a new sport this year. For health, typically, we're looking at our labs. So we are optimizing for our labs. And I have, if you want to, if this is something you're like, oh, I would love to do that. I have a lab sheet that I've created 
um, which I'll make sure that we link in the show notes for you to grab as well. So these are basically like thyroid labs, you know, lipid labs, uh, sex hormones, like all the growth hormone, like all the things, times of the month, if you're a woman, that you should be testing for some of these things as well. And in some cases, time of day. Uh, there's certain, uh, like thyroid, for example, there's certain times of the day that you sort of have to be in the lab for in order to get like a proper reading. So I'll m- make sure that we link that in, in the show in the show notes for you. Um, and then also, you know, in terms of health, these are also tools and or protocols that I want to invest in. So uh, this year, as a birthday gift to myself, I bought myself some blood flow restriction training bands from a company called Katsu. They are pricey. So I had a, you know, I had set aside, you know, money sort of all year so that I could invest in them by December, which is my birthday month to all my fellow Sagittarians out there. So health and fitness goals we set. We also set business goals. So I do this with my team, but Giovanni and I will also talk about this for our respective businesses. So we look at it, you know, as a couple, we're not necessarily setting like KPIs and revenue and all of that, but I typically do that with the team. But we will talk about what is some of the work that brings us joy, right? How can we, you know, one of the questions that I'm asking myself and planning for with my team, and I've discussed with Gio, is how can I connect more deeply with you, my audience, and our and my community, right? And who do I need to become to become a better facilitator, a better teacher, and a better guide for my Bettys, for my for my for my community? And again, I think I know the answer. Part of that comes from my own healing. And then, you know, f- you know, for the podcast, how can I elevate the podcast experience even more? What does world class look like? And so these are questions that you can just take from me and you can you can apply this filter. Let's say if you are running your own business or in your own career, right? Like what are some of the things in your work that bring you joy? How can you connect more deeply? Who do I need to become to be a better, you know, insert job title here, right? How can we elevate the experience? What does world-class look like? That's maybe one of my favorite questions. What does world-class look like? And then finally, a couple of other verticals that we talk about in our vivid vision. What does our relationship to each other look like? How can we, at the end, when we're meeting again next year, how can we say, hey, our relationship got better because of X, Y, and Z metric? We know our love languages. Geo's is physical touch. Mine is words of affirmation and quality time. How can we dive into our love languages with each other? How can I make my partner feel supported and loved? How can I make him feel confident? How do I feel safe in our relationship? What does what does that look like? And that's going to be, of course, uh, an intimate discussion that you might have with your partner. The other is how can I deepen my relationship to myself? Does that mean more time alone, more dedicated time thinking, dedicated time in my recovery practices? And then how can I augment and improve my relationship with my children? So what does quality family time look like, individual time with each of our kids? So these are some of the things that we will discuss and outline in uh, a shared document that we actually review and go over over the course of a year. 
And then finally, and this is something I'm actually really bad at, but what were the wins from last year? Okay, so I am the type of person that I get a win and then I'm off to the next thing. Okay, So I'm like, win, okay, whatever, like we did it, blah. And now what's the next thing? This year, I am going to intentionally going to record all the wins, all the big wins, all the small wins, uh, everything in between so that I, I'm keeping receipts, right? So I am keeping receipts uh, of my win because invariably over the course of the year, there's going to come a time where I feel like nothing is working. I'm not doing enough. And these, you know, receipts, so to speak, are going to remind me when those low moments of despair hit that in fact, all is not what my biased brain wants to believe in that moment, that actually there are a lot of wins uh, and a lot of things that are going right. And that's actually how I can sort of get out of that place of, 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 of scarcity and despair is by remembering all the things that are going right. Because in the moment, if you don't have those receipts, it is going to be incredibly difficult for you to recall them because you are going to be in a different part of your brain thinking about all the things that are going wrong. So this is the practice that I have been engaging in for the last couple of years. It is going to help me level up and it does help me level up in my service to you, my Bettys, uh, in service to myself, to my family, and all the people that matter to me. I am so, so, so grateful for the work that I get to do. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the gifts that are, you know, just on loan, borrow time for a brief moment uh, while I'm on this planet. So let me end this episode by thanking you, my Bettys, my listeners, for your dedication this year to yourselves, right? I am someone who gets excited by squeezing every inch out of this life, and a big part of that is learning. And you have been on that learning journey with me, right? Every time you've downloaded an episode, every time you've shared an episode with someone, every time you've left a review or a rating, You've committed to your own growth through the consumption of this podcast. And I know that my team loves the work that they get to do. Uh, my podcast producer, my AV team, creating some of the clips and the artwork um, that we do for the podcast. And I'm not going to lie, next year, we are putting together some super awesome things for you in terms of our content, in terms of guests that we're going to be interviewing, offerings. And I'm just so excited to your growth and your commitment. I hope this gives you some guidelines in terms of how you want to architect your next year with a mindful eye towards intentionality and what needs to change for those goals to become a reality. One of the things I like to say with my husband is we are in the business of turning dreams into memories. And I hope that you are going to be able to do the same in your own life. So have a great week and we will see you in the new year. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast, Better with Dr. Stephanie, is for general information only and the advice, recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. 
The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only. 